This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely, and welcome to the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. But before we get started, I actually want to throw it over to Bill for some news and announcements from the brewery. Go ahead, Bill. Hey, Mason. Thanks for kicking it to the brew house. Uh, This is Bill uh, sitting here with John, just giving you guys some updates. Uh, What's going on at Athletic back in Connecticut? Um, Last weekend, we hosted our first co-sponsored event with REI. It was an all-out skiing snowboard festival. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Guest speakers Kyle Robidoux and Stacey Baer. Um, as well as Tim from Adventure Recovery. Great speeches. Like Stacy and Kyle are hugely inspirational. Great athletes, great adventurers. Definitely check out their Instagrams. Um, we also just made a big hire to join our team. Uh, Rosalie Kennedy is coming from Boston Beer. She's our first marketing director. Um, really excited to unleash some of her ideas in the upcoming months on you guys. Um, but awesome person joining our team. And then three really cool updates from John and the brewing team from the brew house. Uh, we just launched uh, another batch of freeway in the tap room that was also available online. Um, we did a big pre-sale for athletic club members too. So everyone in the athletic club who wanted it got some. Um, expect a lot more limited releases and better access for the athletic club subscribers. Um, we also did our first Belgian in the tap room that's now available. It's a uh, spiced white. We're calling it Athwitic. Um, it's made from spicy grains of paradise, balanced soft wheat character with hints of curacao, orange, and spices. Um, that's right from the team. And then we have our first session IPA. Um, right from John's words, uh, pouring crystal clear, this deep golden locale session IPA boasts the complex aromas of lightly toasted bohemian malt along with floral, lemon, verbena, and grapefruit rind notes from loads of Pacific Northwest hops. Um, it drinks bright and refreshing with a subtle, lingering, toasty, plyly bitterness. Packs a punch for being such a lightweight. It is hugely refreshing at about 55 calories. So half of even the lightest beers out there. Um, that's really it from the brew house for now. A lot of R&D, a lot of fun stuff going on. Check our Instagram. Thank you, everyone. Wow. What an exciting time. You know, we keep saying 2020 is uh, it's going to be big for us, but we really mean that. There's there's a lot of cool things happening, and we're excited for you to be a part of it and uh, for you to be listening to this show. Honestly, thank you for tuning in, and I hope dry January is going well for you if you're participating. And if you're out of supply, I know where a place to get it. It's uh, athleticbrewing.com. I'm going to give you a little hint. Um, go there, restock if you need to, but to help you stay motivated and, and live your life and pursue everything without compromise, uh, we have an awesome episode for you today. Heather Golnick, holy cow, where do I even start? This woman is just incredible. She's a former professional Ironman athlete. She has won five full Ironman races. Uh, she's the now the Liberty University triathlon coach for both men and women's head coach. And by the way, they were one of the top 20 programs in the country this year. She's a motivational speaker, 
She's an author. She wrote a book on the emotional and mental side of being a professional athlete or just being an athlete in general. Uh, incredibly important, and she credits that to a lot of her success. She's the owner of Iron Edge Coaching, where she coaches on the side beside her uh, Liberty University position, which I, how do you have time for all that? Jeez. Apparently, uh, she's living without compromise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no kidding, I guess. Uh, she's also a proud mom of three, and she credits her long relationship with her husband as a huge part of her success. And she's still a professional athlete, but for Spartan, she's a Spartan pro team member. So, uh, gosh, uh, you're going to learn a lot from her. She's just a total pleasure to talk to. Really enjoyed it, and I uh, hope you enjoy it too. Feel free to share and feel free to leave us a review on whatever app you're using and uh, enjoy the interview. Well, Heather, welcome to Without Compromise. We're extremely happy to have you on the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before, but I'd love to go all the way back to, you know, where did you grow up? What was it like? And what were your early athletic experiences like uh, growing up? <laughs> well, I grew up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And I was a hyper kid. And All right. years, years later, they, you know, say kids have, you know, certain like, you know, just, you just got to go all the time. So my mom, my poor mom, like took me from one activity, the next, the next, the next. And I was in every sport I could do. If I had one right after school and then I could fit in, you know, one from three to four thirty, and then I could fit in another from five to six. And then I could fit in another from six thirty to seven thirty. Like my mom would just take me and I would just go. And, um, I was primarily, um, in gymnastics. Um, I did a lot of other things besides gymnastics, but gymnastics was what I fell in love with doing. And I ended up, um, doing gymnastics at Valparaiso university in Indiana, um, and on scholarship. And after I graduated um, from corporate fitness, um, from Valparaiso University with a degree in corporate fitness, I found triathlon. So that's what I really dedicated the next uh, 15 years of my life and still dedicating that time to triathlon. And when I graduated college, I got a job at um, General Electric Corporate Fitness Center and they were putting on a corporate challenge of a triathlon. And as an employee, we all had to do it, you know, like three different sports. And I wasn't really good at any of them. Actually, I was really awful at swimming. And I was okay <laughs> at swimming running. And I just fell in love with it. And I started doing some triathlons. And um, as I started to get more serious, people were like, you know, well, you're really not very good swimmer, but you're a good biker and runner. So why don't you dabble in duathlon, which is run, bike, run. Um, and I turned professional in that, but it, it didn't take a lot of time. A lot of the races were shorter. And as I got better, I really wanted to focus on Ironman. I knew that I'd be good at the long distance events. We had three children at the time. So it was like, should I, should I make the jump and do this, even though I know it's going to be time consuming and finally decided to really focus on triathlon and had to learn how to swim, had to study. And I think that's part of the reason why I love coaching is because I didn't grow up a good swimmer um, and had to learn one as an, to be one as an adult, um, to be competitive in the Ironman circuit. I mean, so, so that first triathlon really hooked you. What was your, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what was it about it that was different to you or stuck out to you? And also what was the world of triathlons like at that time? 
Well, I think it was just that everyone was just cheering for everyone, whether you were good or whether you were like a middle of the packer or you were the last person. Um, And in gymnastics, everything was a little bit like stricter, quieter, you know, people weren't, you know, yelling and having a good time. Um, And then when I moved over to Spartan racing, that's even more so that way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, but anyway, so I just, I was hooked on triathlon for sure. How long of a time was it before that first race till you were a pro and you said duathlon first? How long did it take you to become a, a pro essentially in, in an Ironman competition? Yeah, so it took a little while to get my professional racing card at that longer distance. But when I did, like I knew that that was like where I would, you know, there's there's short course racing. Um, but the longer you go, the swim in comparison to the bike and the run, the swim is like much more minimized than in the shorter distance. The swim is a little bit more equal time. And so not being a super strong swimmer uh, in the longer distances, I could come out of the water a fair way behind and catch up on the bike and catch up on the run. What what was the world of professional, uh, you know, triathletes at the time? Was it just this raw kind of untamed wild west? Was, you know, was everyone just kind of figuring it out? And you know, what was it like for you? Yeah. You know, it was interesting because the world of triathlon was just growing. Like there was a lot of companies out there. Iron Man was just getting to be like the big fish and like really growing. Um, sponsors were just really coming out of the woodwork and triathlon was just on a boom. Um, and it was by far, you know, the fastest growing sport where years later that went to marathon and then years later that went to OCR. So it was a, it was a good time to be in triathlon because it was just growing. So, so how did you keep your edge? How did you stay at the front of the pack of this wave of people becoming interested in it? I just loved it. And I, um, I was super committed. Um, and I would get up early, I would train, I would get the kids off for school. And then I, I had the luxury because I was a professional, I actually made a living, um, doing it between prize money and sponsors. And then I could be mom and be home in the evening. And I think for, for some people that don't do it professionally, you know, they work out in the morning and then they go to work on, they have a nine to five and then they try to do it. And it's just really, really hard. So I was really blessed that I had the opportunity to train full time. That was my job. What other skills were you having to learn simultaneously? Because obviously you have to be, you know, training constantly or training, you know, professionally, but there's other skills that come into play when you become, um, a professional and having to deal with sponsorships and all that. We're all, was learning all how to deal with all that new to you, or did you enjoy that side of it as well? Um, it was hard at first. So at, at first for the first couple years, um, I had an agent who had a big agency and the agent basically handled a lot of the communication and the contracts. But then after a few years, we realized that the best part about the sponsorship is the relationship. And I wanted that relationship with my sponsors and being a very personable person that was important to me. So I ended up doing a lot of the legwork anyway. So eventually uh, my husband quit his job and he took over doing sponsorship. We moved to Florida where my parents were retired. So they could help with the kids if I was gone racing and they were fantastic. They would, they would watch the kids and 
my husband Todd and I, you know, traveled the world from, you know, France to Switzerland to Dubai to Chile to Hawaii. So I've been around the world, you know, racing triathlon. I, I bet sometimes you were just pinching yourself thinking, you know, what a life I'm able to live. Yeah, it was really, it was awesome. We were really fortunate to be able to do it. The kids got to come to a lot of places, you know, a lot of, they they don't remember a lot of it because they were younger back then. Um, But just that, that we did get to, you know, have that lifestyle and and do it. And and we loved doing it. And my husband was great. He was always supportive and would bring the kids and they were cheering, you know, their mom on. And, um, it was just a, it was just a great thing. And, and you would ask like, what else you learn? Like over the years, like doing an Ironman is a long event. Like you had to learn race day nutrition. You had to like be on top of your nutrition. You had to be on top of your recovery. You had to be on top of the mental game. And so I did a lot of preparation in all those areas, not just swimming, biking and running, but there's a lot that goes into the sport, just like any sport. Um, and you know, a couple of years ago I wrote a book called Triathlete EQ and it's an emotional side of racing because I found that a lot of times I could be on the start line and I was not the fastest swimmer or the fastest biker or the fastest you know runner but I could win the Ironman because I could put it all together with the nutrition and the mental side and so um, I definitely like in my coaching to you know, make sure that athletes know that there's a lot more than just, you know, you're running on the track, but what you're doing when you're not on the track. So, you know, I, I did want to bring that up your, your book triathlete EQ. Did you, did you write that because you felt there was maybe a lack of focus on the, the, the mental strength side of training? Because, um, you know, that is one thing I've learned through, through any endurance sport I've done is, the mental strength I walk away with to live my life with is to me so much more powerful and so much more honestly useful on a day-to-day basis. Did, did you see a lack of that in, in the sport? Yeah, for I did. And you know, what you learn through your sport, um, it can apply so much to your life and how you look at sport. Um, so the cover of our book is a stoplight and, you know, a lot of times in life or in athletics and triathlon, like you're odd green, everything's going fine. You know, you're having a great day and then, you know, you get in a car accident or, you know, even just a traffic jam, you know, I mean, yeah. minor things like your, your, your life goes to yellow and you choose how you're going to react when you're on yellow. Like maybe your boss says something. And you can go to red, which is not where you want to be. That's, you know, the, you know, you're, you're getting angry and upset and, you know, reacting, or you can stay calm and bring yourself back to green. And so the book talks a lot about that, how we do that in life and how we do that in athletics. And, you know, I've spoken to, you know, a lot of companies with the premise of my book and to different sports such as football and like you can apply the same concepts to any sport and so I like really enjoyed writing it and then spent about two years after I wrote it you know whenever I could you know going and speaking on the book and traveling to um, do some public speaking just with the premise of the book but just telling stories of my triathlon career that's awesome. I love that metaphor. Do you have an example you could share off the top of your head about maybe a time you were at yellow in a race and turned it into a green light? 
Oh, yeah. Lots of times. So I did a, a race in Utah. And it was like a big money race. So it was like a big deal. And I was like, you know, one of the ones that was on target to probably win the win the race, which would also mean I'd won the series and had a great swim for me. Like I wasn't really far back. I was only a, a little far back. <laughs> you know, I started passing everybody on the bike and I like felt awesome. I was like, this is going to be my day. And I got a flat fire. Oh, man. Had to stop, change it. You know, that took a good like three, four minutes. You lose your momentum. Got it back on. And I was like, okay, that's all right. I can still like be top three. Like you're feeling awesome. And, you know, started passing people, went to the bike turnaround and got another flat tire. Oh my God. What was going through your head? Is this just, I, I, I'm done. This is yeah. over. You're just like, what can you do? So I was just, had a good attitude. I got a third flat, which is like, nobody gets three fats. I was like, okay. And so I had to actually even wait for SAG. So I was like way out of the race by then and got a new, you know, tire. And I decided that, I, I mean, I was clearly in, you know, last place for the pro, for the pro women. I was like, okay, I'm just going to use this as a great training day. Cause I have another race coming up. And like, when I got back and I was running, it was two loops of the run and the first place girl had gone out. And so I looked like I was in second, even though the whole field had lapped me, you know, and, you know, people were cheering and I was just cheering for people. I was like, oh, I'm just going to have fun. And I was pacing some guy who ended up setting a PR and like, you just, it's, it's your attitude. Like you can react really mad and quit and be upset or, you know, that mindset of like, I'm just going to make the best out of this day and I'm going to cheer for other people. And, you know, that's, that's all part of it is how we react to the things in life that nobody has a perfect life. So how you react to all of those highs and lows really makes you who you are. Absolutely. And now do you find yourself naturally tending to look at life like that when you have obstacles or is it, you know, some, some serious work for you? No, I mean, I'm going to be 50. So, you know, I've had a lot of practice. (laughs) Um, and you know, did I, do I always handle everything with grace? Of course not. But I really think I do a very good job when our obstacles are thrown at me, being able to overcome them and, Um, I'm still an emotional person, but do a good job of just like always being like making the best of every situation. So, you know, this might potentially be a yellow light in in real life. I know you have three children and one of them um, was born with cerebral palsy. You know, as a mother, obviously you don't want to see your kids going through anything like that. But, you know, what was it like for you being someone who is so, who's honestly, you know, your body makes your living and your, your identity is wrapped up in your athleticism. Was it, how did you process that as a mom, knowing that your child would have a different experience in life? Well, I think her watching me in athletics was really important because she could see the days where things weren't going right. And instead of quitting, you keep pushing And so she um, was in a wheelchair for a long time and the doctors told her she'd never walk. And she sees her mom get up, train, put her head down, do the work. So she kept doing her physical therapy and now she uses canes to walk and she walks around Liberty University, huge campus. And, you know, I think times where she saw me not quit was inspiration for her to not quit when things got hard. You know, if I was doing a, a race and I just was having a bad day and I'd quit, what kind of examples that setting for her? So she's been a huge source of inspiration for me, you know, when I'm out there and, and Ironmans are very, very long. You have a lot of time 
to think about your life. And so she's been an inspiration to me, just um, seeing how she's pushed through difficulties. Jordan is my daughter with cerebral palsy. Um, She has a twin brother and they were preemies. They were just over a pound and the doctor had given them less than 10% chance to survive. So they're my little miracles, I call them. You know, this was 20 some years ago, um, back when ICUs and, you know, preemies like technology wasn't the same as it was today. My wedding ring fit around my daughter's leg. That's how tiny they were. And so we were, my husband and I went through, you know, a lot back then with they were in the hospital over 10 months. So basically living at the hospital for 10 months, you know, praying your kids would make it. And, you know, that's a whole story in itself. But, uh, you know, I think that also shaped who I was as a person, who I am as an athlete, just the things that you go through. You really start digging into anyone's life and you just don't know what they've they've come through. I'm, the 10 months is no, that's not, that's a long time to be, you know, worried and, and, and to have to focus and also, you know, to train, like what, I'm sure that was a very difficult time in your career as well. It was just a hard time, you know, in general for every aspect of our life from relationships to my marriage, you know, it was just a very stressful time. And so I, I never was a very patient person. So I've learned more patience and, you know, maybe having a daughter with cerebral palsy has, has helped me be a much more patient person that I would have became the person that was just always on the go and always into myself. And so I think just the situations we deal with um, really help us become the person we are. Absolutely. Yeah, that don't mean to turn it to me, but my I have two younger brothers, a year younger than me, identical twins, both born three months premature and have a lot of health complications because of it. So I can definitely, I can relate as a sibling, not as a parent, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't look at it as a bad thing at all. They've taught me so much in life, especially patience, patience being the biggest one. I'm sure. Yep, yep, right on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's, um, that's unbelievable. That's awesome though, that she is a source of inspiration for you and pushes you to keep going. So, you know, you, you had an amazing career and, and you still obviously compete and you, you do, you know, obstacle course now, Spartan races, which has got to be just totally different than the world of Ironman, you know, hyper-focus on, on stats and heart rates and miles per whatever. And I, I feel like, the, like you said before, the Spartan world is just so different. Ha- have you enjoyed that transition? Has that been fun for you? Yeah, I love it that you, you know, when they say, and, you know, unfortunately now they're going to like, you know, much stricter distances, but I loved it. And it was like, oh, it's eight ish miles. It'd be maybe eight two or eight four, or maybe <laughs> 9.6. And, you know, you know, your beast would maybe be 13, but maybe it'd be 15, maybe it'd be 17. And so I loved that because you really couldn't like compare one event to another with the terrain so different in the way the obstacles were that every day was a good day because you, you know, you couldn't really compare it like, oh my God not as fast as last month. Yeah. And it's just the people in OCR are great. I've just really enjoyed a lot of the people I've met, the friends I've met, and that's just keeps me coming back to do it. Um, obviously I have that, you know, competitive gene. I love pushing myself and being competitive and especially, you know, getting on the podium and being almost 50. It's fun, you know, talking to these girls that are, you know, the age of my kids, <laughs> but it's it's just really been enjoyable. I, I'm way too type B to be any good at 
Iron Man. So I feel like that's just for very type A people. But Spartan, I'm like, all right, I can do this. Like, it's not so... I, I'm not going to think about all this. I just want to go run on this course and have a good time. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you have enjoyed that transition and just kind of let go of some of that, the strictness of it. Yeah. And with my job, so I have a coaching company on the side. Um, it's called Iron Edge Coaching. And I coach triathletes. And now I coach OCR athletes. Um, I work full time at Liberty University. And so it's so fun to have like so many different things because they're all so different. Like the school is very different than my personal clients and triathletes are so different than OCR athletes. But it's just it's nice to like have a variety. Now, have you found that transition from mostly competing to mostly coaching. Ha- have you enjoyed that? Ha- has that been smooth for you or or is there, you know, like fulfilling wise, how, how has it been? Yeah. I mean, I love coaching. I actually started coaching back when I was competing because I always had people asking me questions. And, you know, even back then, like now you see a lot of females that have kids that are racing on a high level, whether it's OCR or triathlon. But back then, nobody had kids that was racing at the professional level. And so even amateurs would be like, well, how do you do this? And how do you make it work? And I did, I started doing a lot of like seminars and coaching, you know, that way. And then I kind of got into the more personalized coaching. Um, So I've always really liked it. And, you know, it's just, um, it's that one-on-one connection with an athlete. And I really like the beginners because they learn so much and it's so fun to see them improve. Having so much experience, obviously, as a competitor and now as a coach, to you, what makes the best athletes in in those sports? I think people that just want it. Um, you know, like you can't do it halfway. Like if you're going to be a triathlete, like you have to commit the time and energy. But that doesn't mean you can't have a family and a career and stuff. It's just being organized and being willing to sacrifice and being, you know, willing to get up in the morning and being willing to, you know, do the things that you have to do. I, I find that dedicated athletes, whatever level they are, even like intermediate beginner, they just don't waste time. Like I I find that athletes seem to be just a little bit more disciplined through every facet of their life, just because they want to have that time. It's important for them to make that time to commit to doing sport. And so they make it happen. And that's what makes a good athlete. No, that makes a lot of sense. When you really want something like, like this, you're going to organize your life so that you can make it happen. And that, that's a great way to put it. What, what is the biggest lesson or the most important lesson you do try to instill in your athletes when you're coaching them? Well, now that's different than, than what I was just saying. Okay. <laughs> so, but like what I really like for a, most of them is balance. And so balance, I think, is also really important. So like I was coaching a, a man who owned his own company and he was training for an Ironman his wife, we, we got along really well because she had twins and he was like, this is just stressing, you know, the family out because I do my long ride on Saturday and then I do my long ride on Sunday and then I come home and I'm tired. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's fix this. So he started doing his long run on 
Wednesday, his long ride on Saturday and Sunday was his wife's day to go play tennis and to go to lunch with the girls. And then she came home and they took the kids out and like just that change made his marriage good and his relationship with his kids because they were like dads with us Sundays. And so just making sure that that balance so that other things that are important to you remain a priority. Um, So I think that's a key is just like not getting so hyper-focused with that you're ignoring the other things that are very important to you in your life. Yeah. And and I'm sure you see that a lot as a coach, you see all sorts of athletes and especially at the college level, it's, it's, it's just easy to become obsessed with something at that age, I find, or at least it was for me. Yeah. And so trying to teach them that balance, um, I think is, is part of my job as well. So speaking of that balance, what, what is in being so busy as you are coaching college level, coaching, you know, a totally different sport, OCR athletes, being a, still being a professional athlete, how do you, in running another business on the side, good Lord, how do you balance all this? Like, what does your typical day look like as an athlete, a coach, a mom and a wife? Well, every day is really different. Um, tomorrow I'm putting on a swim clinic and we sold out at the university. So I'll get up early and I'll get my workout in and then I'll feel better coaching them all day because I've done something. The university team practices a lot. We practice early in the morning, we practice in the afternoon. And so sometimes it's, you know, I have to get creative and do exercise at my lunch hour, but I don't seem like, I mean, in this day and age, it's so easy to waste time on Instagram and Facebook. And sometimes I feel bad because you know, my sister will be like, oh, how come you didn't comment on that? I'm like, I just haven't been on. I only get on two days a week. You know, I think it's like, how much TV do you watch? How much, you know, like there's a lot of things that we do maybe to relax, but then that doesn't become productive. I've also recently been trying to, and I'm not great at this, but trying to not multitask as much. So I'd be trying to relax and finish emails and respond to this text and do this, you know, all along, you know, maybe catching up on the news, you know, I'm trying to do like six things. And instead of like just doing one thing and doing a good job at it, and then moving on to another thing, and then actually watching the news and not working on emails at the same time. So I'm trying actually not to multitask as much, which sounds funny, because in this day and age, we were like, Oh, yeah, I'm such a great multitasker. So I'm actually trying to just focus on what I'm doing. You know, if I'm having a conversation with one of my kids, I'm having a conversation with one of my kids, like we don't have electronics when we eat, we, you know, get disconnected. And I think that's like, really important for people to get disconnected. I think that's why I've always loved going on a long bike ride or a long run. If I can disconnect, I really enjoy it. That's really important lesson to be learning, especially in today's world. And you might already, you know, mention that it might be that dinner time. But is there any time in your life that is just sacred that you don't allow anything in, or you make sure it happens? Yeah, like I love having like um, quiet time, and not that I'm like perfect at that either. But I love trying to like, you know, whether it's just reading some scripture or it's just reading a book. Uh, my daughter's amazing; like she has tons of books and she'll give me books and, um, you know, and just like having that time. And, um, it was a challenge when, when we moved to Lynchburg and I was like working at the university because a lot of times I'm leaving out the door super early for practice. And it's like, I don't want to get up extra early. I want to sleep as long as I can. And so it's just like making sure that the things that matter to you and help you become the best version of yourself happen in that day. Mm. 
Now, you know, I, I did do a lot of research on you, and I and I did read you're, you're a Christian. Do, do you think your faith has set you apart as an athlete? Did, did, has it made you better personally, in your opinion? Oh, for sure, 100%. Um, I don't think I could do anything I have done without God's grace. And I do believe that he has given me the ability to do it and giving me the ability to do it because he wanted me to share it with others um, through coaching, through teaching, um, through life lessons. And so I'm a, I'm a firm believer. And that's one reason we absolutely love where we are now, because Liberty University is one of the largest Christian universities. And it's just amazing. And I'm able to pray with my students and talk to them about God. And a lot of times, you know, I have athletes I coach that maybe don't believe in God. And that's 100% fine. Everyone has their own beliefs. But it's nice when people have that and they, they're looking for that in a coach. Um, and we have that connection. All three of my kids are Christians. And I think, you know, they just they love the Lord. and You can see it. And, and that's one thing with my daughter. Um, you know, she has cerebral palsy, but she smiles more than anybody I know. And you can just see that in her. Thanks for sharing about that. You know, I always want yeah. to know like what, what is, what is the motivation behind what people are doing? But you know, I, I, we, at the end of each of these interviews, we like to ask like five or six really, you know, rapid fire questions. Okay. And I would love, and you know, it doesn't have to be one word answers, of course. Okay. Sounds good. So for the first rapid fire question, what are you most curious about right now outside of triathlons and coaching or, or sport and coaching in general? cooking. I want to learn to be a better cook. All right. Perfect. Hey, that's great. I love to cook. So proudest <laughs> achievement outside of your career. Oh, for sure. My three children. No doubt about it. I feel like every parent <laughs> we've had on the show says yeah, that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I get, I get it now. I get it now. Being yeah. A, being a well, here, here's a good one. Getting the right mate, which was really important. Like my husband and I, like we were high school sweethearts. And so. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. So are we. That's another one. <laughs> Yo, oh cool. <laughs> we had a very, we had about a decade break from high school to when we got back together, but nonetheless, we were in high school together for a while. But That's awesome. Yeah. So what is your biggest goal that you haven't yet achieved? I just want to keep, so I'm going to be 50. And so if I can achieve not like feeling like I'm old, and I don't know if that is possible as you get older, but just being like, I've even caught myself being like, oh, I'm so old. I'm like, okay, I got to quit saying that. Like, I'm going to turn it around and be like, I'm so tough for 50. Watch out. You know, so that's my, that's my thing this year. What's a, what's a nutritional habit that you consider crucial in, in your health and life? Oh, I got to have my dark chocolate pretty much daily. Okay. It's crucial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, it makes you happy. You know, it makes you happy. That 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 goes a long way for the for the mental strength side, I'm sure. So so what's something that inspires you that maybe people around you would find surprising? Hmm. I admire people for their different hobbies. Like I obviously athletics is my hobby, but I admire I had somebody in the other day, they were doing an article on me for um the school about coaching and the team. And I just admired their like photography and like, they were so like, Oh, we got to use this light and Oh, we got to stand over there. And like, they just knew photography and I don't know anything about photography. And so I just admire people's different passions and skills that they have because of those passions. Absolutely. No, that's, that's a good one. That's a good, I, I love that answer. So, so lastly, 
how do you live without compromise? Oh, well, you know how that is, right? <laughs> Drinking. <laughs> well, you have to ask the question. So we all know, you know, the podcast and, you know, athletic brewing and being an athlete and being able to like have you know, athletic brewing, like have a non-alcoholic beer that actually tastes good, but being able to like, I've got like a Jeep. And so it's like, I've got all my training stuff. It's like a big closet. Um, but I have beer back there. And sometimes people find it funny because they're like, Heather, you have beer. And I'm like, well, it's not alcoholic, but I can go have a drink with my friends and I can still get up at five tomorrow and feel amazing. Um, yeah. and so, that's how I do it as far as with athletic brewing. But I just think in daily life, like you just can't compromise on your goals and your values and why you're doing things. Heather, um, you know, lastly, I'd love to say, you know, how can people find out more about you? I know we're going to put all your links and everything in the show notes, but if you would like to share, feel free to, to plug some websites or whatever. Yeah. So my website is heathergolnick.com. And Instagram is athlete Heather Goldnick and my coaching is through Iron Edge Coaching. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's very inspiring. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. It was nice talking to you. You too. All right. See you, Heather. Bye. Right, bye. Without Compromise is a production of Athletic Brewing Company. To learn more about our award-winning non-alcoholic craft beer, go to athleticbrewing.com. There you can also find info on our news and events, as well as how to get plugged in to the larger athletic brewing community. And lastly, we wanted to thank you so much for listening. Please share with us with someone you know, as well as leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And we'll see you in a couple weeks.